what's going on everybody welcome to placada nation and i am joined by the one and only mi primo from the bronx cuz rod what's going on my man this is carlos peña let's have some fun let's do this <laughs> welcome everyone to the podcast uh let's get started carlos let's let's yeah, get well, going man i'm hyped a lot of action uh, listen uh we had a very 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 hefty free agent period it's still going on technically but yes. i mean we've seen a lot of big names come off the board we've seen a lot of teams go through some big changes one team i want to touch upon that is a uh, 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 east coast team uh, very popular uh, is a team up in massachusetts the boston red sox <laughs> now uh, there's a lot of fans up there that are not very happy with what's going on. You've seen ever since they won the World Series in 2018 till now, you've seen Mookie Betts get traded away. You've seen um, uh, now uh, uh, Xander Bogarts, who was a huge cornerstone of this team, along with Mookie Betts, gone in free agency. Um, they're not making many signings. This is a different Red Sox team and the way it's being run, Carlos. Um can you uh, help us out with this? There's a lot of fans that are just really upset right now. Yes, and, and rightfully so. I mean, when you look at the uh, the track record of the the Red Sox throughout the years, the, this is a team that is always all in, right? And now with Hein Bloom coming over from the race, you know, I knew this was going to happen, um, and this is not necessarily bad. It just requires a little bit of patience, which Red Sox fans are not known for. It's got to be now, and you got to bring in the W's, and you rack them up, or you're going to be in trouble. It's a very, very demanding fan base. But Heimblum comes from a school of thought, right? The race, where you try to do the best you can with the almost scarce resources, which makes you extremely creative, which makes you an absolute beast in player development. All those are great traits to have as a GM. But now coming over to the Red Sox, there's one thing that's absolutely different, which is this is a big market ball club. So you have very, very deep pockets. So can you be a small market mentality GM, right? Extremely creative, resourceful, um, uh, an absolute beast when it comes to developing players. But at the same time, incorporate the fact that you do have deep pockets and you can go in there and get that free agent signing. It's a combination of both. I actually like that combination. We've seen Andrew Freeman succeed with the Dodgers with that type of mentality. Andrew Freeman used to be the GM of the Tampa Bay Rays when I was there, and he was doing everything he could with very little resources, which makes him extremely, extremely capable, uh, prepares him for the big time. And now he gets over to LA, brings over all those attributes, all that he learned from the race. And now he's got the pockets to go ahead and sign those big free agents. And the combination of both is very, very, very successful. So it's Heim Bloom. Will he achieve the, the same uh, type of success with that type of mentality? I think so. It's just that in the short term here, it, it has been disappointing. The Red Sox has, have not been able to um, produce, I mean, after their last World Series, things have gone sort of downhill from there. And uh, the the fan base is getting absolutely uh, restless and desperate for winning, uh, especially when you see the New York Yankees doing what they're doing. The Red Sox are saying, hey, you know, the fans are saying, what's going on here? We're not used to this. Let's go. We got to get it going. 
Um, and look, they've made some moves. Um, I thought it was extremely interesting to see Kelly Jansen um, uh, coming over as their closer. I think that's a great addition. It's a sleeper one uh, and a very good, smart signing. Uh, it's not a blockbuster sign, but it's a smart signing. Justin Turner as well, the veteran, is going to bring in um, some stability to that lineup, especially after you lose Bogarts. Um, the big question remains, what's going to happen to Devers? And we've heard uh, Bloom say, look, we're willing to go uh, to the unreasonable, do the unreasonable to keep them, but there are some limitations. So that remains to be seen. What does that even mean? Um, Devers is I in free agency. And after you see what ha has happened in free agency, I don't blame him uh, just to hold off and continue uh, to do what he does because free agency looks yeah. very, very promising. So it remains to be it seen, does. Rod. But if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm like, hey, man, I don't care what you do. We need winning. And yeah. we've seen in the past things not go our way. We need to win, and we need to win now. And, you know, I, I, I feel for the Red Sox, not that much, but I feel for the Red Sox <laughs> in the sense in the sense that um, I, I, I would I would feel the same way that they would. Like, if, we're, if the Yankees were to do what the Red Sox are doing right now, that's a very bitter pill to swallow. But I think, more importantly, you're seeing all these prize pieces leave. I think that's a really hard thing for a fan base to accept. You think about Mookie Betts being traded away. And, you know, Mookie Betts, whom I consider one of the best players, one of the, I want to say top five players in all of Major League Baseball. He's that good. You get he trades away, and then you see the pieces you get back. You know there was no equal value there, and then now you lose uh, uh, Bogarts, another massive piece, one of the best shortstops in the game, top five shortstops in the game. You lose that, you know, and and then now you're as a fan base, you have no confidence that they're going to keep Devers because I wouldn't have any confidence because you mean to tell me you moved uh, Mookie, you didn't make an attempt to really sign Xander Bogarts. Um, Who's to say that Devers doesn't have a monster year, kind of like how we saw Aaron Judge have? And he's like, oh, no, I'm going free agency, and I'm going to go big. And you got to be afraid of all these teams out there because as we've seen this this um, postseason, I mean, in this offseason, I meant to say, there's a lot of teams that are willing to spend big money. And one team that uh, was rumored to spend a lot of money but waited a little bit but actually signed the player was the San Francisco Giants. Remember, they were all in on Aaron Judge, and they pushed – uh, the Yankees, along with the Padres, pushed the, the the money for Aaron Judge. They didn't get him, but they ended up getting Carlos Correa. And I don't think I think a lot of people didn't see that signing happening. That kind of came out of the blue. Carlos, what are your thoughts on Correa going to the Giants? You know, Carlos Correa, it's a very special player, uh, and the Giants really being relentless. Uh, they they want to improve. They want to compete in a very difficult division where the Padres are there. The Dodgers are always. Um, been dominant in that division. So they need to do something um, monumental to be able to get over the hump and defeat uh, their rivals there in the West. And after a very disappointing um, past season, uh, they, they definitely have to uh, be in a hurry to get back on track because after that incredible season the, 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 in 2021, to come out in 2022 and perform the way they did, man, it's gotta just uh, break their hearts. So it's unacceptable. Now, with Carlos Correa, especially after missing out on, on Aaron Judge, um, they really, really have improved dramatically. Uh, Carlos Correa is an incredible defender. All right, that's the one thing we must say. Uh, if you look at the, the defensive run saved, he's among the top um, in, in the league. 
as far as that's concerned. So he brings the glove. But do not forget that this um, uh, ball player is, is an absolute force offensively. He can swing the bat. And when you look at age, through age 27, um, as far as offensive uh, prowess is concerned, you know, we can compare him just right below uh, Robin Yount, right below, you know, uh, uh, Cal Ripken Jr. Um, and, and we're talking about Hall of Famers here. Alex Rodriguez is above him, you know, when we look at uh, uh, the war number through age 27. But only those three, then it's Carlos Correa. And I just mentioned to you two, you know, Hall of Famers and one of the best players who's ever existed in Alex Rodriguez, you know, uh, mm-hmm. whether you like him or not. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. the fact that Correa, it's among those names, just pretty much lets yeah. you know that this this kid is for real. And um, Yeah, he from- is. He's a, and he's a leader. He's a leader in the clubhouse. He's a guy that I see players rally around on any team he's in. You saw him in the Astros, same way. Twins, the same way. He's the type of guy where he's like, hey, guys, you know, don't worry. I got this. I'll be the leader out here. And the Giants needed that because the Giants, you know, also like the Red Sox, you know, they're a team that uh, that was promising to the to their fans that, you know, they will try hard. They will do the best that they can. And, and this offseason, again, the biggest threat was that they were going to sign Aaron Judge. They were going to bring the big guy back home out west. And it didn't happen, but they got Correa, they got him. And, you know, it's, in my opinion, I think it's a major signing. I still feel like they need to do a little bit more to solidify that team. Because like you said, the West is a very difficult place to play. The Dodgers also in free agency improved a bit. You know what I mean? They did better. The Padres, I just want to mention the Padres real quick. Hmm. Um, How... I, this is a powerhouse that people were not expecting. I didn't, honestly, I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to baseball, especially free agency and all that. I did not expect the Padres of all teams to go and offer Aaron Judge. I think the last rumor I heard was $414 million for, I think it was 13 or 14 years. I was not expecting that, but they did it. They went there. They gave Xander Bogarts 280 for 11 years. I didn't expect that, especially with... We've got these junior there at short, who I think is probably going to be moved to the outfield now. Um, they have Juan Soto there, who's still there, who I don't know. Could they even sign Juan Soto? Maybe they could. I, I, like, the Padres have become this superpower in the game of baseball that nobody was expecting. Carlos, give me your thoughts on the Padres. Did you expect the Padres to become what they've become now as a spender? Yeah, well, they've been uh, really aggressive here over the last few years. You know, you saw them immediately jump on uh, Fernando Tatis. Uh, and um, now with Sander Bogarts coming over, which is interesting because Bogarts is a shortstop. Uh, you have Machado at third base. You know, Tatis has been uh, also uh, has played in the outfield, uh, obviously missed out this uh, 2022 season, uh, as we all know. But they expect him to be back. Uh, there have been rumors about him being moved. You know, I, I I would be reluctant to do so. I mean, he is extremely talented. And, um, you know, to have him back in that uniform is definitely going to be a plus. Uh, so I expect mm-hmm. him to come out. Is he going to perform the same way? Well, there's still going to be some things he's going to have to work through uh, mentally, emotionally to get back to form. Uh, but is he a, a talented player that you want to have in your team? Absolutely, yes. So the rumors of him getting traded, um, I kind of wave at them unless there's an absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous uh, um, haul back uh, for him. I expect him to be mm-hmm. back in a San Diego Padres uniform. Uh, and then you have Juan Soto as well in that team. This is, they're forced to be reckoned with. And you saw yeah. how far they got to the 
post, you know, through into the postseason last um, year. Uh, unfortunately, they were not able to to get through to as, as far as they wanted to. But the fact of the matter is, they have had a taste, and and they want to make sure they go beyond uh, what so they a lot were of able to on that team. Come on, you you cannot waste it. Now, are, do they have a chance of signing Soto? It would have to be a very very aggressive offer uh, for Soto not to wait until he becomes a free agent. Um, so they would have to overpay. Um, maybe yeah, that's the. Time. But That's what's overpaid word, for I mean. Soto? What's <laughs> overpaid for Soto? Because, I mean, honestly, I've been saying for a while, uh, talking amongst my friends, I said Soto's going to be the first player to get $500 million in MLB. I said I, I said at least 475 plus. I, that's what I said. That's my prediction on it. So and maybe that's, a, maybe that's the mark. Yeah, but, I mean, my God, can they even afford to do that? I mean, you got you got the rest of the roster you got to fill out, Carlos. I mean... Are you willing to go that far? And it's it's crazy. These I think I saw something on Twitter the other day that I think it said over two billion dollars was spent in total free agency this offseason. That is insane. That is a Which, wicked wild number. You know, you know what's interesting is that you know we we've heard I've, I've heard it so many times. Even just walking around, it's like, hey, what's going on in free agency? All these long contracts, uh, so much money being. Um, thrown out there, you know, and maybe for players that you thought would not make that much money. Well, that just tells you how healthy the industry is. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a, an above, you know, it's a $10 billion industry and above. Yes. Okay. Beyond that um, $10 billion was the threshold work was crossed a year and a half ago, two years ago. So it, it just keeps on growing. And sometimes when we start thinking about these figures, we don't think in terms of, uh, well, compared to what the teams are making, then it makes sense to pay players the way they're they're being paid, um, because they are the products uh, on the field. You know, the the, the the players are whom the fans go to watch, and um, and the pieces that make up these ball clubs. So, yes, it's it unreasonable to think that a five hundred million dollar contract for Juan Soto, um, you know, for Juan Soto, no, I don't think it's uh, it's unreasonable. It's, a, it's very much a possibility, and I think the Padres may want to sign Soto before he hits free agency, they were yeah. probably going to have to eclipse that half a billion dollar mark. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That's, That's the only way he says, okay, I'll, I'll sign on the dotted line. Um, and yeah. I've heard him say, I'm not worried about contract. I'm not thinking about that. My agent is handling it. By the way, his agent, Scott Boris, this <laughs> off season alone has negotiated over $1 billion in contracts. So this tells you what a, just a magnificent agent uh, he is. And he has been an absolute uh, force in his industry um, yeah. from, you know, from the beginning of, uh, of big contracts. So he's the one that always keeps us setting record after record after record. So hats off to Scott yeah. Boris. He was my agent yeah, as Scott well. Scott Boris, definitely. Just a, an definitely. absolute beast. Yeah, I want to I want to try to go through a few teams. Uh, we saw that the Cubs uh, signed uh, a Mr. Dansby Swanson, another cornerstone from another team, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, that's a big signing for them. Uh, I want to also mention real quick the Houston Astros, uh, the defending champions. They lost a big piece in Justin Verlander, who went to the Mets. Well, I'm going to touch upon it in a few, and. Um, You've seen uh, what they've done. They brought Jose Abreu, who was with the White Sox. Um, they've uh, signed Rafael Montero, and they brought back a big piece of their former team, uh, Michael Brantley, 
Uh, the Astros, we said it, man. The Astros are a team that they lose people, but they keep on running. It's like they're a modular team. Okay, we lost this person, but guess what? <laughs> we got this person coming in, and watch them being there at the end again. I just, I, I expect it. I expect them to be there at the end. They're that. They're just that good of a team. They're gonna find a way to make modular. It Mod- it's a modular team, man. They, 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 you know, okay, we lost the piece. You're going to add this piece. It's going to work, and it works. You know what I mean? Um, and to just piggyback off of that, what I said with the Mets, that is a team that I think a lot of people need to really circle. Um, for a long time here in New York City, the it was always the big, big bad Yankees, always spending the money, getting players, quote-unquote, buying championships, which I always hated, because every, every team has the right to spend on the players. If the owners don't do it, that's on them. There is no salary cap in baseball. Here comes Mr. Steve Cohen. I, uh, me and my friends, we call him Uncle Steve. <laughs> um, uh, the richest owner in Major League Baseball, one of the richest owners in sports periods. And here he comes and he unleashes He unleashed his wallet this offseason. This is a team that he grew up rooting for. He is a local guy. And he said, I want my team to win. I remember in the press conference, he said, I want the Mets to win a World Series in five years, within five years. Carlos, I have a feeling that this team is going to win a World Series in the next two years. This man is aggressive. He wants his team to win. He's doing the moves to make it happen. I think that um, I really seriously think that once uh, Otani is a uh, free agent, I think he's going to come here. I think that's going to happen. Remember when you heard it, folks? Uh, first, Black yeah. Nation, Otani's going to the Mets. I think it's happening. I, I just, I just, I don't think anyone is going to outbid this man. Let's put it like this. He won't get outbid. If a player decides to not come here because they don't want to come here, he is not going to get outbid. That guy is ready to win. Very reminiscent of uh, George Steinbrenner. He, I yes. get that vibe off of him where he wants his team to win. He'll at all costs. He doesn't care about the tax, which they which they kind of on the low call at the Steve Cohen tax. They created that for him. He doesn't care. He's like, I want my team to win. I want my fan base to be proud of the team that they root for. How can you not love that as a fan? You know what I mean? And I'm a fan. And I'm not a Met fan, per se. You know what I'm saying? I don't hate them at all. You know, but I look at them and I'm like, man, like, you know, if I'm a fan, I can't help but be excited. Carlos, uh, uh, what do you what do you think about what the Mets are doing? They just gave Verlander. Verlander is getting paid for, is it 43 and a half million for two years? You have two pitchers um, over 40 making yes. that much money? That is absolutely incredible. They, yeah, they yeah. broke sure, the mold sir. on the money you give. Scherzer and Verlander, you know, just them two alone just bring in such a huge hole that that, that uh, it, it could eclipse uh, other teams in the whole entire payroll. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but let me tell you, the Mets, you know, Steve Cohen is definitely committed. I mean, you have to love that. I remember playing for the Detroit Tigers and earlier in my career, and uh, – Illich, uh, their, their owner, was so involved, man. He was such a passionate fan of the Detroit Tigers, and he wore his, his emotions on the sleeve. He, he, he cried, you know, and suffered every single loss and definitely just savored every win. And you have to love the type of passion in, on, on an owner. This is not just a business for Steve Cohen, and I appreciate that. He wants to win. You know, I don't fault owners who say, look, I'm making good money. I'm on the green. I'm making a profit. So why am I going to, you know, spend more? I'm a businessman. Well, yeah, Steve Cohen is a very, very 
successful businessman. However, most importantly, he's a Mets diehard fan. All right. And like you said, it has a lot to do with the way he grew up. He was a Mets fan when he was a kid. And now that does not stop. Uh, and now he's in position to make the moves to make the ball club better. Look, signing Justin Verlander. We're looking at Senga as well, all right? Mm. Coming over from Japan. By the way, this is a great addition. This is a sleeper one because we were looking at Senga's numbers um, over there in Japan. You're like, did they translate? You know what translate? What translate is a man who throws strikes, who attacks the strike zone, who elevates the four-seamer at the top of the zone, and then pairs it up with a nasty breaking pitch, that split down in the zone that hides up the fastball. It looks like the fastball. You can't see it, Rod. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to pick one or the other, or you're going to be in huge trouble. So let's say the addition of Senga and Verlander. I know that the Grom is no longer there. Um, Brandon Nemo, uh, uh, yeah. Nemo is going to come back um, with the ball club. A, a great, solid contact hitter. Put the ball in play. Um, has some solid ABs, one after the other. Very consistent. Are the Mets better than they were last year? Is their rotation better than they were last year? You know, second time on the left-handed coming over, yeah. also very durable, versatile, throwing strikes in the zone, mm -hmm. attacks the strike zone. I'm thinking to myself, Edwin Diaz coming back. Yeah. Are they better than they were last year? I'm going to venture out and say that they are. I mean, DeGrom suffered uh, some injuries, maybe yeah. prone to injury. Yeah. You know, do not sleep on the Mets being better than they were last year. Look how far they were able to get. In and they won 101 games last year. They yes. won 101 games last year. So to say you're better than that, that's saying a lot, you know. And 101 games, and they did not win the division. Remember that. That's the thing. The Braves won the division. The Mets won the division. Both 100 win teams. And we, we, like we spoke, the Phillies, which won 87 games, ended up going to the World Series. You know, it kind of goes to show you that, you know, it's it, a lot of it is kind of a, a luck in the, in the postseason. But the Mets definitely uh, have improved. And I don't think they're done, man. You know, there's trades to be made. It wouldn't surprise me if you hear some trades before the season starts on them solidifying that lineup and getting better. You know what I mean? They're a team that they want to win. They are hungry. You have a hungry owner that wants to win. And it's going to be fun to see how that team progresses, how that team gets better as the season moves on. Um, I, for one, as a baseball fan, I'm excited. I'm excited here as a, as a, mm -hmm. as a, as a New Yorker to see, you know, both teams, uh, uh, fight it out in terms of, you know, the back pages. Uh, it's going to be something that we've, we're not used to again for a long time. It's always been the Yankees signed this Yankees signed that and the Mets never really were that team, but now you got an owner with the Mets who is not afraid to go there. And again, it's fun to see. And again, just a segue into the whole New York thing, uh, the big, 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 big name that, uh, and you predicted it, the big name yes. to come back was one Aaron Judge coming back to the Yankees. The final contract was 360, 360 million for nine years. So he's making, he's the highest paid position player in the game. I think making at 40, uh, 40 million uh, per year. And that is something that, like I said, the San Diego Padres offered him, rumor was, 414 yeah. for 13 or 14 years. The uh, Giants offered more. I think they had they had brought it up to 380 for, for, for I think, that same amount of years. Uh, yeah. Nine, no, yeah. for nine years or something like that. But he, went he decided to, 10. to go with the Yankees. He, went, he decided to go with the Yankees, uh, getting paid less a, per year. And 
that says a lot about Aaron Judge's loyalty. A lot of people said that behind the scenes about Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is a very loyal guy. And he still has the same agent that he had when he came into the big leagues. Uh, he's a very just, he's a, he's a person that is a very humble guy. And a lot of people said, you know, like you, Carlos, has said, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to come back to Yankees. He's going to come back to Yankees. Uh, I think the threat was there from other teams, which we did see. But ultimately, the familiarity of being a Yankee, the importance of being a Yankee, mm-hmm. I think meant that much to him. And like we said in the past episode of uh, Placata Nation, he is uh, the perfect Yankee. He's very, yes. very, very close to Derek Jeter in the way he behaves himself as a Yankee. He knows how much that those pinstripes mean uh, and that legacy of being a Yankee, what that means in the history of baseball. I'm so happy that he's back. Um, he deserves that contract. Uh, the the way he he is as a person, the way he plays on the field, the leader he is in the clubhouse. That's yes. one thing we didn't touch upon the, in the in the past episodes. He is a huge leader in that clubhouse, and uh, I know they haven't said it officially, but he is going to be a captain for that team. He's going to get that title. The last person that had that title, ironically, was Derek Jeter. I'm super happy that, that Aaron Judge is back. It was a massive relief on my shoulder. I was going literally having panic attacks that night when you heard, oh, he's going to the Giants. And I'm like, I I, I literally, yo, I couldn't sleep that night thinking about <laughs> the fact that, yo, we're going to lose this guy. We're really, really going to lose the guy. But then as the days progress, as the day progressed and the night progressed, I was like, okay, I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling okay. I kind of made peace about if he leaves, he leaves. But, you know, woke up the next day and to see that he signed, man, Massive yeah, my chance as a Yankee fan. I'm so happy that he's back, Carlos. Of course, man. If you are a major league, or if you're a baseball fan, all right, you love to see this because it has been a trend where you, where you see players go to free agency. This is exactly why free agency is in place. Okay, the Players Association years ago uh, negotiated um, this this system where now players are able to test the market and every single team bids on the player. This is why it was what it was designed for. It's a free market, and he was out there, and there were teams bidding for Aaron Judge, and there were a couple of teams. Um, well, allegedly, the San Diego Padres eclipsed that $400 million um, mark, and I could only imagine how enticing it was, especially because he is from the West Coast. Okay, He, could, he had all the excuses in the world to leave, and no one would have faulted him. Uh, number one, he's from there. Number two, the money's there, so why is he going to turn down that money? Would any of us turn down the money? You know, and, and he would be totally justified in walking away from the Yankees. So this was great to see because it pretty much put a lid on everyone out there saying, yeah, whatever, you know, players go for it. There's more money. There's no more loyalty. Um, you know, who, you know, teams, you know, you're just uh, pretty much a freelancer and you work for hire um, and that's all you do. There's no loyalty to you, the, the, the uniform that you wear on your back. And you have heard this over and over again. Now, here in Black of the Nation, we said it, that he was going to be back in pinstripes for certain, you know, certainly a, a few reasons. But I feel that his makeup, that his understanding on what it means to wear pinstripes, the fact that he's a legacy-minded man, he thinks beyond just what is expedient. He's thinking more ahead. You know, what does the future yeah. hold? What is this going to mean yeah. for the city of New York? What does this mean for baseball and for me as a player? 
I, I think he made the right choice and I love to see it. By the way, this is a man who persevered through some obstacles to become the player that he has become today. All right, at the beginning of his career, I remember the critics saying he's got too much in miss, to swing and miss in his, in his game. Is he ever going to hit in the big leagues? He strikes out way too much. He has worked extremely hard at honing his skill, um, at just pretty much lining up his strategy at the plate, his approach at the plate, um, and making it absolutely pristine. All right, and now he goes out there and performs at this incredible level. He's a physical specimen. But not only is he gifted, he also has worked to get to the point uh, where he is at. So I am like you, Rod. I'm extremely pumped. Not because I'm a Yankee fan, per se. It's just because I'm a baseball fan. I love to see uh, him to return. It's just good for baseball to be for him to be in pinstripes. It's a, it's a massive uh, – it, it's, it's, it's very important. And like we spoke about in the past, to have the best player in the game play in the biggest market – it matters. It really, really matters. It's like all those years where in the Lakers you had Shaquille and Kobe Bryant playing there. You know what I mean? In the 90s, you had Jordan playing in Chicago. You, yeah. know, you had Tom Brady uh, playing for the Pats. Like those are the things when you have those big names in these big markets and they perform, it is a huge, huge, huge thing. And it means a lot to the sport in general, you know, to have that guy as the ambassador of the game, carry the game. And then on top of that, have the biggest team um, uh, uh, in the sport be uh, 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 be his team. You can't. You, that's those are things that you cannot even put a price on. And I think that's why Aaron Judge knew his value. He knew that he knew what he was worth. His gamble paid off massively. It did. And <laughs> I'll say that I'll say this: um, this whole thing with Aaron Judge, I think, is going to act as a cautionary tale for a lot of teams. A lot of GMs are going to look at them. They're going to be like, we cannot do that. We cannot right. let that happen. Even though as much as we could say, well, you know, Aaron Judge, he gambled himself. Most of the time when you gamble, you, you know, it's a 50-50 thing. It could work. It could not work, you know. But I think a lot of teams are going to be afraid. And that's why when we were talking earlier about the Red Sox, the Red Sox have to be careful because who's to say that Rafael Devers doesn't have a massive year? I'm not saying he's going to break records. But he's going to have a – what if he has a massive year on his free agent year, on his contract year? Are you prepared to go out there and spend that money? And those are things that you got to wonder. That's why you see a lot of teams, you know, paying a lot of these players out early on. When we saw the Mariners did it with Julio Rodriguez. Obviously, you said the Padres did it with Fernando Tatis. Um, these are trends that we're starting to see happen now with teams buying out young players through their arbitration, giving them full, full, full length – contracts. I think that's going to become a trend, Carlos, that's going to happen more often uh, around the game where teams just want to avoid the free agent thing because they know it's going to cost them more in the long run uh, than just, you know, signing them now. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, but I think that's going to be a thing. Well, you know, to put a lid on it, Rod, like I would say, you know, teams definitely need to be more aggressive when they understand that they have a very special talent in their ball club and it's early and you can possibly lock him in. And it doesn't mean that you don't go back and renew their contract when they outperform the current one. But to me, it's heartbreaking to see stories like Mookie Betts, um, the Red Sox not being able to hold on to him. And here comes Devers. Seems like it's going to be in the same uh, track where now he's going to walk and test the free agent market and it's going to be extremely difficult to sign him back. It's just too close to free agency. But all of us could tell 
from the beginning when he hit that big home run against Chapman over there at Yankee Stadium, you're like, whoa, okay, this kid is for real. Then he goes out and has a monster season, then another monster season. Maybe that's the time that you say, you know what? Let's offer him a contract that he can just simply not refuse. And it's not to take advantage of Evers, it's to give him security. And then I would say this, when you see your player perform, like an, like an Albies, for example, for the Atlanta Braves, um, I don't think it looks good when you see Albies go out there and perform in, in such a, a high level, and we know that he is underpaid, then maybe the Atlanta Braves should say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a raise. I'm going to, I'm going to, let's renegotiate your contract. The Rays did it with uh, Evan Longoria. You know, Evan, Evan signed a very um, team-friendly deal, really, at the beginning of his career. Then he started performing extremely well. And then the team, out of their own, uh, in, you know, initiative, they took the initiative and went ahead and renewed his contract before he wow. even went to free agency. So I expect teams to do to, to take that path in order to make sure that they give their players, young players, security immediately, um, and then even renegotiate a contract if, if it needs to be renegotiated. Uh, the Atlanta Braves have done great moves, um, e even though I think uh, Albi's contract, you know, uh, we, we, even I have Acuna, a, even Acuna, Acuna got Acuna's locked in of. really early. I mean, and we maybe we need yeah. to revisit that contract because you don't yeah. want to be a player that feels like, you know what, I'm being, I'm being taken advantage of here. You know, yeah. I don't want that to ever happen if I am running a corporation. Um, I want to be smart with my business decisions. At the same time, I want my employees, you know, if I have a corporation and, 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 a, and a company or a business, I want them to yeah. be happy and feel like they're getting treated fairly. So Big time. having said that, you know, I do believe uh, that teams are going to get a little bit um, smarter about that and make sure that they take care of their young talent sooner rather than later. Later. That's right. Now, Carlos, uh, we got a question of the day. Um, I, if you're ready for it, I'd love to give it to you. It comes from oh. all the way from uh, from L.A. We have Omar. Omar said, hey, Carlos, uh, it's a sad one. Uh, Carlos, I got cut from my team. I'm feeling a bit down. How can I come back from this? Hmm. Yeah, I I appreciate that uh, question uh, very much. And it hits it hits home because. I've gone through my struggles where um, I, I got cut earlier on in my you know, baseball career when I was in, in college. Uh, my first team that I went to in Wright State University, I, I wasn't playing. Uh, the, the coach did not want to recommend me even to play uh, summer ball. So to make a long story short, uh, I could say I can relate to those type of disappointments after you work so hard. But listen, this is what I got to say. This is where it needs to start. Uh, it needs to start, start with why. You know, why uh, are you doing this? You know, why why do you want to continue to try? Uh, as a matter of fact, if you are very clear on your why, then it becomes a little bit easier to get up again after those setbacks. Um, for me, it was, man, I wanted to maximize, um, you know, everything I could possibly be as a ball player because I loved the game of baseball, right? So I wanted to just strain um, all my potential until it cried for mercy, until the last drop. I didn't want to leave anything on the table. Um, so I kept on trying. I kept on trying. I kept on trying. I ended up making the team at Northeastern University. By the way, I walked on to Northeastern University. Um, and wow. one of the reasons that I made the team. And then next thing you know, I'm playing summer ball. And next thing you know, I have a monster summer and I get drafted in the first round. You know, that is absolutely crazy and insane. But we don't know what lies ahead until we keep on moving forward. 
So as far as motivation is concerned, what can Omar do? It's look in the mirror and say, it's like, why did you even do this? You know, why? Man, I love this game. I love it, right? I want to I wanna give it all I have. I mean, just the, the, the journey of giving it all you have, giving it your best effort, it's its own reward. So if you are with me in that, then I know you're going to take that next step and you're going to try again. Now, yes, you got to be preparing. You got to be working hard. You have to be improving. You, you have to do what others are not willing to do if you want to be better than others, right? So um, that starts with why. Why are you playing this game? And I hope the answer is, I just absolutely love it. And I want to squeeze every ounce of potential that I have um, out, of, out of myself. So um, let's start there. Start with why, all right, Omar? And, and then from there on, you can continue forward. And Rod, this, this immediately leads me to the quote of the day by Ellen Keller. And, and Ellen Keller, uh, an American writer, a disability um, rights activist, uh, also a political activist. And she writes, you know, she was blind and deaf, by the way. And, and she writes, a bend in the road is not the end of the road, unless you fail to make the turn. So I would say, let's make sure we make those turns. You know, a bend in the road, you know, success is very seldom, right? Almost never linear, almost never linear. So there are going to be some bends on the road. Now, there's a one guarantee. If you do not take the turn, then you will not achieve your goal. That is guaranteed. But you don't know what lies just around the corner. The main thing to do is you have to go ahead and, ahead and take the turn. So that's what Ellen Keller talks about. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. There are going to be many bends on the way to our goal. Um, and as long as we continue to take turns and keep on going forward, then we may realize that just around the corner was another, another milestone that we were able to achieve. Yeah. And success yeah. may be just a few steps away, but we have to take those steps. So um, st stick it out right there, Omar. Keep on trying. And uh, for, for everyone watching, let, let's keep on taking those turns and taking that uh, very next step and another step and another step towards uh, what we want to achieve. Bit by bit, bit by bit. You find success uh, sometimes doing baby steps and, and you'll achieve it. You know, you got to be patient and give yourself the time you need to, to, to improve, but you got to keep going. It's about keeping going, keep going forward. That's how it is. Yeah, man. And start with why, man, that, that, that's always where I went to. It's like, why are you doing this? And that, that got me out of bed. It's like, I, 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 I this is not where it ends. I got to continue. So uh, I, I think it's a great message to take into this week. Abandon the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. Let's just keep it going and Helen take those Keller. turns. Yeah, Helen Keller. Helen just Keller. look, look her up. I mean, it's yeah. a, just a great story. Very inspiring. Inspiring. Very inspiring. Yeah. No, big no, time, no, big time. no doubt about it. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us in this uh, episode of Placata Nation, and we cannot wait to have you on our next one. All right. So thanks for joining us. Until next time. Here, Carlos Pena and Cus Peace Rob. out. Peace out. Peace, Peace out. You know what it is. Placata. <laughs> Placata. We out.
listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.